0: Um, one of the things we do uh, on Communion Sundays is we take up a special offering for the Deacons Fund. Um, we use that to help, uh, you know, the less fortunate um, in a tangible way in the community, and um, and it's, it's really been a it's really been a blessing for a lot of people. And uh, the money's doled out by the Deacons and the Pastor, and and uh, and uh, it's really helped out a lot of people. So if you're of a mind, um, you can put that in the collection uh, box too. All right, I've got 38 minutes, so strap in and hold on. It's either it's going to be over quick or it could take a little while, but depending on how inspired I get. Let me uh, let me start out with praying. Father, thank you for today, for these people, for this time, uh, for the opportunity. Uh, I would pray that the words that I would say would be yours and that there would be a blessing to the people, and uh, that, that I would <laughs> I would not get in the way of them. And uh, we just pray this in Christ's name, Amen. One of the things I was I've been thinking about is um, you know as I get older, um, having reached the advanced age of sixty five, and the old gas gauge of life is uh, you know pointing at about a quarter full, and um, and you start you start thinking about. Yeah, what, are, what have I done with my life? You know what? You know what have I amounted to? What? Have, you know what have I accomplished? You know what? You know what? You know what's uh, you know, even as a Christian? You know you can find yourself having those thoughts, and I started, the more and more I started thinking about it. The more and more I realized, and this is not brain surgery. It's not going to be any big news. But sometimes it it helps to stop and refocus. Sometimes, but. Um, You know, the carnal person is wrapped up in their careers. They're wrapped up in, you know, what can I accomplish? You know, how much, you know, good stuff can I accumulate before I die? (coughs) Excuse me. And for the Christian, and and they have a sense of of, uh, immortality in that, you know, they don't really anticipate dying. You know, it's not really part of their plan. You know, they're just going to go on until all of a sudden they stop. But for us, as believers in Christ, uh, we realize we're not here forever. We realize that we do have an appointed number of days. And the things that we're doing here are not for us. They're not for our families. Um, they're for him. They're for God. And that's how we should be living our lives. And, and you know, the most important things we can do... It's not uh, being a great doctor, it's not being you know a great uh, janitor, um, uh, not being a great whatever it is we're doing, administrator in a college or, or whatever, a teacher, um, but it's it's what can we do for the Lord in this time? you know and the and the, the greatest thing that we can accomplish is not. You know inventing some widget it's not going to be accumulating a million dollars in the bank and retiring by the time you're 40. Uh, The greatest thing that we can ever do is to tell somebody about Jesus. And that's what we're supposed to do. You notice I didn't say and make them a Christian or lead them towards the Lord what we're required to do is tell them about Jesus. You know, the, the, uh, the reaping and the maturing, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's not our job. Um, before I get too far ahead, let me, let me read the verses that, I would, that I've been thinking about. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Mark 12, 30 through 31. <coughs> Love the Lord with, gosh almighty. <coughs> Excuse me. Love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And then also what I felt went along with that was Matthew 11:28 through 30. <clears throat> Come to me, all who have labored and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in, in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Um, do these verses reflect your life? I mean, you can sit down and find a quiet place on your back porch and just sit down and think about this stuff. You know, how is your life? Are you frustrated? Um, are you confused? Are you unsure of what God wants you to do? You know, what does God want me to do? I've had a lot of younger folks, you know, in high school and college age, and they ask me... Um, you know, since I got gray hair, I'm supposed to be the repository of all, all wisdom. And, and sometimes they'll ask me, I just don't know what God wants me to do with my life. And I say, well, I kind of know what it is. And they'll, what is it? I said, love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, nat- naturally, we got to have jobs to provide food. To support our families to pay the power bill and all those kinds of things but that's that's your vocation that's not what God necessarily intends for you to do um, I don't I don't believe that God really cares if you're a janitor or a surgeon or a pilot or or whatever I mean he's got people for those jobs um, but he what he wants is he wants this Mark 12, 30 through 31. You know, so, so you, you've got um, your marching orders, um, and you know that uh, what you're supposed to do is, is to love people. Um, um, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light, and we're supposed to love um, those that we come in contact with and share him with them. Um, most of us, many of us, set unreasonable expectations on ourselves and even on our children. Um, we will say, "I have got to be here. I have got to have this much wealth amassed by the time I'm so age, so old, or I have failed. I haven't measured up. I, you know, I haven't uh, arrived at where I'm supposed to be." And and that's not what God thinks. Um, uh, a lot of us, a lot of men, or a lot of women and men, are living what Henry David Thoreau, the, the uh, naturalist and philosopher, uh, described as lives of quiet desperation. Um, you know you're supposed to be something, but you don't think you are, but you don't know what that something is, and so you're just kind of wandering around in the wilderness. And you lose sight of the fact that you try and make your yoke um, heavy, and and you try and make your burden um, difficult, and that's not what God has in in plan uh, in mind for you. Uh, if you look at your life and and uh, you look and you say, you know, my yoke is kind of kind of difficult and my burden is heavy, you know, one might wonder. Is that really what God wants you to be doing? Um, you know, maybe it is what He wants you to be doing, but maybe in here, you're not um, appraising it correctly. You're not, uh, you're not, uh, your focus of your emotional focus and and your uh, your love for what it is that you're doing is just is is misguided. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not saying that you can't uh, be a Billy Graham, you know, am I called to be Billy Graham? No, obviously not. Um, but yet I, I look and I see the things that Billy Graham did or, or you know, any of these other, you know, uh, John MacArthur, any of these guys, and you look at their lives and you think, Jim, any Christmas, this guy's going a mile a minute. You know, he, he just, you know, he's, he's, his time is in demand. He's got, you know, schedules he's got to meet. He's got people he's got to talk to. All these people pull on his life, and, and I think, gee, Christmas. He has got a a heavy burden um, uh, to lift. But if you ask him, he's probably going to say, no, piece of cake. You know, because God has given him the ability to do those things. You know, he enjoys that. Um, he knows that he's in the center of, of God's will for his life, and and so it's not a burden. Um, I've got a friend who's a, a, a cardiothoracic surgeon. He works 100 hours a week um, and, uh, you know, replacing people's hearts. And, uh, you know, I ate dinner with him one time a few years ago, and while we were sitting there, he got three phone calls from the office, from the, from the nurses on the, on the floor, telling him what was going on with different patients. And, and, uh, and he responded, and I said, ladies you know, come on. You know, isn't this killing you? And he says, yeah, it gets kind of tiring. And he says, but let me tell you when, you, when you take somebody's heart out of their chest and then you got to put a new one in and make it work, it wakes you up. And, and, but he enjoys it. Um, it's not a heavy burden for him. Uh, for me, Jim, at Christmas, I can't imagine. Um, but I think as, as we go on, you know, these are not unfamiliar uh, passages to people. Um, but as, as we go along, as we're, as we're um, getting more and more involved and in, in, uh, we can't see the forest for the trees, if you know what I'm talking about, you lose sight of the big picture. And you get wrapped up in the mundane uh, of day-to-day living, you know, the, the pressures of kids, the pressures of, you know, whatever it is. Um, we can lose sight of the fact that, that that's, God does not intend for this to be... Um, Onerous, you know, life should be an, uh, a recognition of uh, of the fact that I get to serve the Lord um, through the things that I do and the people that I meet, and uh, and uh, we can uh, I think we can lose sight of that, and I think we it's it's like um, I call it spiritual hypoxia. Um, uh, uh, Many of you know I used to fly in the Air Force, and, um, and I can remember one. We used to go through training, altitude chamber training every, every second year. And you'd sit in there and they would uh, do different things with you to show you what it was like to, to be working in a oxygen deprived atmosphere. And, and, uh, and you don't really even know that you're going stinking nuts. Because the the amount of oxygen in the in the atmosphere in the chamber is reduced and before you know it you're just kinda of lollygagging around and everything looks great, you know, and, and uh and then they increase the oxygen and you come back and you go, Jim, and at Christmas, where was I? I remember one time we took off and we were climbing out and we were going to Hawaii and then on to the Pacific to do some stuff and, and uh uh, we're climbing out, and I'm, there's a pretty senior crew. We got a chief master sergeant boom operator, the highest enlisted rank, um, and uh, two pilots, two lieutenant colonels, and, uh, and me, Lieutenant Colonel Nav, and we're sitting there flying out. And, uh, and all of a sudden, I start feeling a little anxious, and I start kind of having these hot flashes, and, I, and those are my personal symptoms that I get um, in oxygen-poor environments and they teach you to recognize your personal symptoms and so i'm starting to look around the cockpit you know i've been fooling with the radar and some other stuff the ins and i look over and and the boom operators just like this leaned up against equipment rack just kind of like this and i go what i look up and both pilots are just kind of sitting there just staring straight ahead not touching any controls i'm going something is not right and uh and it dawns on me that all three of them were heavy smokers which further in, impairs your ability to process oxygen in low environments. And I look up and see the cabin altitude, we're passing through 25,000 feet, and we're on our way up to 31, and, uh, and we're passing 25, and I look, and then I look up, and sure enough, the co-pilot forgot to pressurize the airplane. It's on his after-takeoff climb checklist. It's a switch up here, he reaches, reach, he goes and he goes woof, and it starts pressurizing the airplane. And so, I don't smoke, but even in that environment, I'm probably 45 seconds away from you know being unconscious. And so I reach up and I flip the switch for the pressurization, and then go to the autopilot and level us off. And uh, and center's calling us, and nobody's talking to him, so I talk to center, and, uh, and the airplane goes instead of a little little poof, it goes you know. And uh, and these three heads are sitting there and going, and they just they come around and they're like this, and they know something's not right, and uh, and uh, so I tell them what the deal was, and they went, oh, thanks, now. and uh, so we didn't die, but I mean we could have, we could have we could have just kept on sailing, and somewhere over Australia, you know, stalled the airplane and crashed and burned. Um, you remember that golfer Payne Stewart? Um, that's what happened to them. Um, uh, they climbed up and something happened with the pressurization, and nobody realized what was going on, and they just all went to sleep. Ended up in Kansas or somewhere. But, um, but it's insidious. It happened slowly uh, with these guys. Um, they didn't recognize their personal symptoms, you know, the two pilots, and, and one guy got distracted on his checklist. And he'd done this thousands of times. I mean, both of them had probably 10,000 hours apiece. And, um, and nobody caught it except I happened to be the only one that didn't smoke. And so I had the time, and I actually saw the switch, and I flipped it. Um, but um, that can happen in our personal lives. And I'm not telling anybody any secret wisdom, but I'm just saying that we... Probably, not probably, we need to be in a, in a state of, of constant evaluation. You know, am I right with the Lord? You know, not to be, um, you know, paranoid, but, you know, coming back to these, to these uh, scriptures and saying, you know, am I spending time in the word? Am I spending time praying? You know, uh, am I spending time in fellowship? Um, When's the last time I helped somebody do something? When's the last time I, I cared about what was happening with somebody else? Um, you know, the absence of those things are all in, in indicators that, you know, you probably are getting spiritual hypoxia. And, uh, and you, need to, you need to stop and reevaluate and, and, uh, and get back in the Word. Um, and I think we do that when we set unreasonable expectations uh, on ourselves. Um, um, flip the page. Um, but as I said, the carnal mind is career-oriented above all. Um, I've seen I've seen guys sacrifice their families for their careers. Um, you know, I can't, uh, you know, my wife doesn't uh, doesn't like the, you know, being gone, you know, weeks on end, you know, traveling for business, and she doesn't understand, so, you know, you know they end up getting divorced or whatever. And kids grow out without the input of their parents. And um, so it's, we have to constantly think about the things that are really important, because, you know, when, when it comes down to the end, we're going to be standing before the Lord, and it's just going to be me and him. You know, all of our stuff is left behind, who we were, he doesn't care. The only thing he cares about is, is here, is your heart. Um, I think you can take two people, identical people doing the same things, and, and one is, uh, you know, they're caring for people, they're doing this, they're doing that, but why are you doing it? Are you doing it in service to me, to the Lord? Or are you just doing it because it's the right thing to do? And he judges us on our hearts. He doesn't judge us on necessarily what we've accomplished, you know, how many widgets we've made, how much we've accumulated. He judges us um, on our hearts. And uh, I'm reminded of the thief on the cross. You know, there's a guy that... that um, He didn't know anything about anything he didn't he didn't know scripture or he knew very little Um, he robbed people he probably had killed people Um, he had he had nothing going for him in terms of a spiritual existence Um, uh, he would he was not a good guy and he's up there nailed to a cross um, and the other thief um, is taunting the lord you know telling him you know save us you know save yourself if you're such a you know if if you're god and uh and the other guy you know through the holy spirit through you know i don't know i don't know why but he realized who jesus was and and he had the ability to say you know remember me he took a chance um he rolled, he rolled the spiritual dice. You know, he didn't know anything about anything, but he knew this guy really believed, and there were some people on the ground that believed that this guy was something special. And he took a shot. And he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And, and that was enough. Um <clears throat> I get emotional when I think about that. Um, but the greatest thing we can do with our lives, as I said, is tell somebody about Jesus. Um, so if you're not doing those things, reevaluate. You know, look at your life again. Um, do this spiritual hypoxia check. Um, you know, if you go. If you're crazy busy and you've got no downtime for days or weeks or years at a time, um, you know the yoke that you're carrying may not be the yoke that God intended to give you, and the burden that you've got, you know, that may not be God's. It may be, um, but your motivation may not be right. You know, God deals with us individually. Um, you know, I've got my burden and I've got my yoke. And it may or may not look like your burden and your yoke. Um, That's one of the great things about God is he deals with us individually. Um, You know, in the military, uh, we had one way to do things. You do it this way. You don't do it this way. This is not an individual kind of deal here. Everybody's uniform, that's why we wear uniforms. Um, That's why we do everything the same way. That's why we, on the after takeoff climb checklist, Step three is pressurize the airplane. It's uniform. You do it that way every time so that you don't make mistakes. But with God, um, uh, the only thing that's uniform is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and body, and strength. Um, so, everybody's yoga is different. Uh, God teaches, treats us individually. I've got little notes here on the side that I... Oh yeah, okay. I, you know, you you go through and you're getting ready for this kind of thing, and not having done this professionally before, um, you know, you 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 read and oh yeah, that's that's a good point. You mark that down, huh? You're doing fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but some some folks are led to leave lives of um, of uh, subdued. You know, you don't maybe you don't necessarily even see them you know they're not flashy people you know they're um, uh, they're doing jobs you know that you know are not exciting um, uh, but yet they're doing them because God wants them to do those things they're they're dealing with people they're helping people um, then you got your other people you know that you know fighter pilots um, you know neurosurgeons you know these people that live these glamorous, high lives, and uh, heroic—you know—firefighters running into buildings, dragging people out, saving their lives—you know, real dramatic, high-intensity kinds of things. You know, and you know, I used to think that um, that uh, you know I would be one of those guys. And you know, truth be told, you know, when I exit this life, it's probably going to be because I tripped over my dog and choked on a spoonful of peanut butter. But, I mean, that's just, that's just kind of the way that it's going to be, I think. Um, so what do we do? In terms of job, it's probably what you're doing, but maybe not. Uh, God may lead you in a different direction based on your likes and skills. Um, I mean, he gave you, uh, he gave you um, uh, personalities, gifts. Um, you know, if uh, my future does not lie in singing... You know, I will never make any money or be able to support myself singing. Um, uh, but uh, if you want somebody to uh, uh, be a great crew member, then that's me in a, in an airplane. Or if you want somebody to, um, I mean, I run a janitorial company, so if you want somebody to clean a toilet, I'm your man. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, everybody's got something And we're all parts of that tapestry that god has woven together as the body of christ and everybody's got a purpose and no one purpose is any better than the other purpose Um, and i think we'll we'll truly understand that when we get to heaven and we see some of the people that are called great in the kingdom of god and they're not going to be the flash guys they're not going to be you know the Um, necessarily the Billy Grahams or the John MacArthur's of the world, you know, it may be, uh, you know, Joe Bag of Donuts down the street running a hot dog stand and, you know, he's doing stuff for people that you'd never thought about, Um, volunteering his time or, or, you know, taking care of people. Um, So what we should be doing is we should be setting our careers and our vocations um, and our thrust of life based on those two pieces of scripture. Um, you know, as a, as a Christian, you know, you're lost to Satan. <clears throat> um, you can you know, be involved in all this, and you may, you know, get spiritual hypoxia for a while, but, but as a Christian, um, you're lost to Satan, you know. He, he doesn't have any claim on you because you know Christ has said nothing can snatch you out of my hand um, y- even yourself you know for a while there you may you know depart but you'll come back but regardless you're, you're, you're Christ you're his you're going to be there um, um but Satan will do what he can to neutralize you um he you will be involved in spiritual warfare you know it seems the the more and more that you um you know flex your spiritual muscles if you will the more resistance you're gonna you're gonna get i mean why why would satan uh spend a whole lot of time uh battling you in a spiritual realm if you're not doing anything you know if you're not Helping people, witnessing people, telling them about the Lord. You know, why would He bother you? You know, you're not worth the effort. You're lost to Him. You know, anyway. Um, so expect expect spiritual challenges because um, they're they're going to come. Um, so um, I told you this is going to go quick. Um, so I'm almost done, but. The words I would leave you with is, is don't become distracted uh, from your own yoke and your own burden. Um, <clears throat> they're individual to you. Um, you don't have to be somebody else. Um, you just have to be you. Um, I told my wife the other day, she's, she's told me something. I said, you do you, boo. And she's been bugging me about that. But um, you don't have to be somebody else. Um, and the distractions are, are insidious, um, like the pressure, pressurization switch. Um, you know they'll come upon you, inch by inch by inch, and all of a sudden you realize, holy moly, I'm four miles right of course. I need to correct back, um, and uh, um, and you can You know the Lord is there to forgive you seventy times seven. Um, um, and he will take you back. He will. You can't get so far away. That God won't bring you back. Um, so. File that away. Uh, have faith that God has a plan. To use you. Um, and it's going to be an easy yoke. And a light burden. Individualized. Uh, for your your needs. And the temperament. of uh, That you have. Um, if we surrender our will to his. Um, you know. You know, keep doing what you're doing, and don't doubt that you're doing what you, the Lord wants you to do. But be open if He changes direction. Um, you know, the 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 God the the Bible is is uh, replete with people that are given new challenges all the time. Um, but keep your eyes on the goal, and don't be distracted. Redeem the time uh, because it goes quick. I mean, I'm. I'm 65, but I'm really not. I'm, I'm 25, and I'm in a flight suit, and I'm fixing to step to a jet, and, uh, but, <laughs> but it ain't there. I look in the mirror in the mornings, and I, and I don't see that young, young 25-year-old stud muffin, and, uh, and I'm just amazed. But that's who I am. Um, but don't, don't doubt what you're doing. And do it, whatever you're doing, as unto the Lord. Um, you know, you focus, focus on what it is that God wants you to do. Um, one of my best uh, <clears throat> examples of focus, um, and I've already cleared this with Dr. Bob. He thought it was a good idea, so I'm, I was kind of wondering if I should share or not. But if I sit on the couch with a ham sandwich, my chocolate lab, Madison, is right there. Madison is staring at that sandwich Like she is she's just she's you can almost go through that scripture and all her all her mind is on that ham sandwich You know in her heart. She wants that ham sandwich, you know all the way down, you know physically You can just see her just kind of trembling. You know I gotta have that sandwich and she's just staring at it and I can take that sandwich and go like that and she just moves like this Just moves like this, you know, I'm talking about but that's the kind of focus that we should have. You know, Jack says we should focus on our faith like a, like a chocolate lab looking at a ham sandwich. <laughs> kind of. But, you know, focus like Madison. Um, don't forget your pressurization switch. Um, check yourself, your individual um, characteristics for uh, hypoxia. Um, know what they are. Listen, listen to those around us. I mean, that's one of the things that we do as Christians. We're called to say, uh, "Kaylin, uh, we need to sit down and talk about this, Bud," because I'm seeing, you know, in love. You know, I'm not trying to beat you, but um, or people come to me and say, "Jack, you're an idiot. You need to." But I mean, that's one of the resources, and we should be there for each other to do that. Um, don't measure yourself against others. Uh, their yoke and their burden are theirs; they're not yours. Uh, God judges us by looking at our heart, not based on our net worth, financial net worth, um, and um, and that's that's basically what I wanted to say. It's not it's not blind, mind blowing. It's not uh, um, uh, a revelation, but it's maybe it's just a reminder because. Um, You know you look around at the things that are going on in the world and it's not the same world as it was when I was growing up in the South in the 60s and 70s Um, you know back then you could you could go from your house and not lock your door you know um, you know I asked asked my mom one time I said you know why why don't you lock the door when we leave she said well somebody may want to borrow something or my dad you know, we'd go to the, go to the store, and my dad get out of the car and, and leave his keys in the car, you know. And uh, we'd go in, and we'd, we'd come back out, and I said, Dad, aren't you worried about somebody stealing your car? And he says, why would they steal my car? It's my car. It's not their car. And, they, and that, was, that was legitimate. Um, you know, and back then, um, if you were having a disagreement with somebody, you know, and you brought up Scripture, and you said, well, the Bible says, that's it done arguments over but we don't live in those times now you know belief in scripture is optional it's not necessarily authoritative in a lot of people's lives and we have to be gentle as doves and and wise as serpents um, um, now so let's help each other out let's pray for each other Um, uh, take your yoke take your burden and not somebody else's and um um, in the immortal words of Forrest Gump that's all I got to say about that <laughs> so let's pray Father thank you for today for your, for your, your, your wisdom for your guidance for your, um, um, for your forgiveness uh, your love and your mercy um, let us have a good meal uh, bless the food and, uh, and we appreciate it be with those that are sick and uh, those that need you. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.